Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the Magic Kingdom proudly presents our spectacular festival pageant of nighttime magic and imagination. Have a Disney day. <laughs> w, w Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 664, and together we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night community, audio tours, blog, and more. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and find everything else at www.radio.com. I'm going to open up the inbox this week and answer your questions about things like the extinct Frontierland Railroad Station, electric cars on the Tomorrowland Speedway, picky eaters in Walt Disney World, dinner recommendations in each park, parking at the resorts, Oga's Cantina, the history of and in Liberty Square, language barriers in the Disney parks around the world, and more. I'll then have our Disney trivia question of the week, and stay tuned for more updates at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. It's time once again to open up the inbox and the email bag and answer your questions to help you plan, prepare, and answer some of your pressing questions about where to go, what to do, where to eat, and the how, when, where, and why about what's new, what's next, and even just some fun facts and trivia questions about Disney details and history, really anything you like but mostly about. It's a salute to all emails, but mostly those about food. And joining me once again is someone who she really does. You are the magic, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I do bring the magic, don't I? <laughs> Finally, we are back to answer e emails. How long has it it's been months? It has been, you know what it's, it's been? been it's been too long. It's been months. Aw, it's been too it's long. Been, it has been too long. Yes. We've been... We need to do this much more often because the... I can tell that the email bin is overflowing with questions, and we have a lot to catch up. Overflowing in the best possible way. And if you have a question you want us to answer on the show, you can always email me, lou at www.radio.com. And I promise I will eventually get to them. We're going to try, and I say this every time, Becky, we're going to try and do lightning round. We're going to go as fast and get as many as we can, but sure. be as thorough and complete <laughs> as possible. On, by the way, a glorious night here in Disney Springs. It is beautiful. It is perfect weather, perfect temperature. There's no humidity. If it was like this all the time, I'd live here. The only thing that could make it better is if we were sitting between not one, but two food trucks, which we are. <gasps> which we <laughs> are. And I'm, I'm amazed that you're actually sitting still and not running between them like a ping pong ball. Because I mean, mentally, I'm deciding if it's the Four Rivers Cantina or if it's the Hot Diggity Dogs 
or we just go right to Boathouse. Whatever. Well, let's move on. Dr. Graz. Stop. Gordon Usher asks. Hi, Gordon. Why aren't they running the train station from Main Street Station to the new Fantasyland station and running it backwards like they have in the past instead of not just running at all? I thought they used to run it back and forth when changes were being made in the past. And I, all, I thought they used to do that on a regular basis. Why, Lou Mangello? You're my only hope. He didn't say that, but I'm sure that's what Gordon is really thinking. Becky Mankin, when I say what Gordon says that they used to run the train backwards... I'm interested in the answer to this, too, because I've never heard of that before. So do enlighten me. So way back when, this is the dream sequence. Sorry, I'm doing the dream sequence. Uh, way back when, in 19, late fall 1990, they demolished the original single-story, very small, actually, Frontierland train station to make way for... Splash Mountain. Very good. Um, That train station opened eventually in late 1991, just sort of a little bit north, actually, of where the original station first sat. And while construction of Splash Mountain was going on, obviously, you know, now the train literally goes through the mountain. Um, They actually temporarily, Gordon's not wrong, they temporarily... I don't know if officially or sort of unofficially renamed the Walters. It was called like the 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 backwards. It's like the back no the backtrack express. It was called the, the it was called the backtrack express, and it literally ran in between Main Street Station and Mickey Starland, and then back again. So it was sort of a not so round trip back and forth. Um, I think that they didn't do it, to answer your question, Gordon, I think they didn't do it this time while the Tron construction is going on because it also afforded them the opportunity to say, hey, you know what, between Tron and the COVID closures, we're going to do some major, we're going to take the time to do some major um, updates, upgrades, and refurbishments, not just to the trains, but to the track itself. Um, I had actually seen them sort of literally pulling up pieces of track here and there. So I think this, rather than sort of, potentially confusing guests too like why is my train going backwards they decided to wait and i think i think it's a smart move to have sort of a more ceremonial re-grand opening of the train as an otron light cycle power run how we cannot wait we were literally just talking about that just a few minutes ago yeah so a return of the grand circle tour that makes complete sense to me so i've learned something today you weren't here you were never here for birthday land starland no, Mickey's Toontown. Remember, my first uh, visit here was in 1996. So if you would like a virtual visit to Mickey's Toontown Fair, you know, the audio tour to Mickey's Toontown, not only is it still just $10 and available in Apple Podcasts, but it really is sort of that snapshot <laughs> in time. All right, let's Wait move. So they're going to be like encyclopedias later. Kids, you can Google what an encyclopedia <laughs> is. Becky still has hers at home. That's where she gets all of her information. The next email says, Lou, hi, hi Lou and Becky. The question mark is there. Okay. My question is part rumor, sorry, part rumor busting, part history lesson. Because after hearing some news yesterday about Hertz rental cars putting in an order for 100,000 Teslas to add to its fleet, it got me thinking about Walt Disney World. And since the Tomorrowland Speedway is part of Tomorrowland, has there ever been any talk to modernize the fleet of cars to something futuristic? like cute little electric Tesla cars. That's my voice, his words. 
Has the fleet ever been upgraded or drastically changed in the past 50 years? As nostalgic, I'm myself torn as to how I'd feel if it ever happened, but I was just curious. Because when Tron opens, the Speedway cars will have next to it be quite the juxtaposition. Thanks for you, dude. Christina, he, Christina that is a great multi-level question because it, you're talking not just about the overall upgrade of what really the cars have not changed at all. Check the emissions from <laughs> 1971, although the Speedway has gone through some changes and then what the future might hold. We were actually talking about Teslas earlier today before we started to record. So quick, let's go back a little bit. Let's do a quick little history lesson. Tomorrowland Speedway opens as the, it wasn't called the Tomorrowland Speedway, it was called the Grand Prix Raceway. Exactly. Very good. It was the Grand Prix Raceway. Um, and when it opened, the track was like over 3,100 feet long. Why is that important? You'll find out in a second. Um, it actually expanded a little bit. They sort of moved, the, uh, the adjusted the track a little bit in 73. And then in 1974, they shortened the track by about four. Don't look at me like that. It's true. They shortened the track to make way for Space Mountain. Exactly, for Space Mountain. They shortened it again about 13 years later because of Mickey's Birthday Land. Exactly, because they had to install Mickey's Birthday Land, which... So it was to celebrate Mickey Mouse's 60th birthday. This quote-unquote temporary land was installed literally like in six months. It was, again, I'm using air quotes, like you can see me, temporary tents, which is why we sort of have that theme there, because it was an easy way to build temporary buildings that they could put up and take down after the six-month birthday celebration was over, which is, by the way, still going on now in, 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 in Storybook Circus. Um, <clears throat> so they had to shorten it. Mickey's Birthday Land was so successful. Going back to the railroad question, they had the Mickey's Birthday Land. They actually rethemed the Walt Disney World Railroad to be Mickey's Birthday Land Express. They had characters on it, whatever. Separate conversation. Listen to the Toontown audio guide. You'll get the whole thing. Um, and then in 1994, they changed the name from the Grand Prix Race Raceway to the Tomorrowland Indy Speedway. Exactly. It was tra it was changed the Tomorrowland Indy Speedway because the sponsor was the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So it was literally sponsored by the Indy 500. And you remember, they actually had the Yard of Bricks and... Um, it was renamed, like, the, the the final pit area was renamed Gasoline Alley. And there was, in the queue, there were all these little placards that explained some of the history of the Indy 500. 2008, it was renamed the Tomorrowland Speedway. They dropped Indy. Um, and then they shortened it yet again. I have no idea. Don't, don't even try to look at me on this. <laughs> they shortened it yet again when they installed Dumbo back in 2012. So okay. it literally has shrunk by almost 1,000 feet. So over time, it wasn't, now that I can finally drive it, it's, it's a lot shorter than it was when I rode with my dad. Let's go back to the original question at hand, because it makes sense in 2022, like why are we not looking at something like having electric cars? It would um, make total sense, absolutely, at this point, especially for something like that to get people used to the idea of electronic vehicles. And it's been rumored for years and years and years, and actually if you go back to like 20... So around 2017, Tokyo had its own version of the Grand Prix Raceway called the Grand Circuit Raceway. When that closed, they actually brought some of their cars over here. They were parked in the back. You'd be able to ride on the 
the people mover and you saw them and you're like, wait a minute, something's going on here. So the rumor was they were going to start converting some of these old, literally gas guzzling, very loud vehicles into electric. They had the Tokyo ones as backup to sort of fill the gap from taking cars out of service, putting cars into service. Um, and then when Disneyland's Autopia got their upgrade, um, they have that uh, the the, uh, the uh, Osmo robot sort of outside nice. now, and it sort of has the, the, the different <laughs> theming. I, I agree about the the juxtaposition of you've got this futuristic Tomorrowland, you've got the very very futuristic Tron that's going to be sort of literally sort of casting its shadow over the speedway. It is sort of this weird mix now we would think it makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't Tesla come in? While I think it'd be <laughs> super some personalities, cool. Some personalities. No, I think there's really two main reasons. Okay. So one, GM is sort of the quote-unquote official car of Walt Disney World. Um, it's really more like the official car company of Walt Disney World. They have had and will continue to have a, a contract for Test Track, which was renewed back in 2012. They usually run about 10 years 2022, wondering if that contract comes to an end. So I think a sponsorship with another car company is very, very unlikely. But here's a trivia question for you. Hmm. Tesla sounds like it makes sense. How much money does Tesla spend every year in advertising? Uh, $100. Zero. I was going to say probably zero. Tesla spends, if you, have you ever seen a Tesla ad? No. no. And you won't. Do you know how? Do you know what car company has the strongest organic engagement on social media? Take a guess. Take a guess. Tesla. It's Tesla. Right. They've paid zero money in advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, okay. but it is one that has the most organic reach. So I don't. A very, very, very long-winded. Hopefully, somewhat interesting answer to your question is: one, GM's the official car company. Two, there are no sort of plans right now to convert them to electric, although I think they eventually will. I don't know, and I highly doubt Tesla would be the sponsor because of just the way the Tesla car company works. But I do foresee in the next five years that conversion of cars because it just not only are they loud, but it is somewhat intrusive into mm -hmm. some of the other attractions because that noise does kind of bleed over. And I think being the environmentally friendly, like, conscious company that Disney is. Better for the environment. Plus, GM does have EVs. So, and I realized I said electronic the other moment, but electron, electric vehicles, there we go. But they but have, she's literally like going through her encyclopedia right now. Exactly, in my head. But it's, there's a lot going on up there. Um, there's, there's so much opportunity to get, to get kids um, used to electric vehicles. And GM has electric vehicles. Now would be the time to do that. 2022 seems to be the year that, that these vehicles are actually kind of making its way to the public's eye. And thinking about that, we all kind of look at the, um, uh, the minivans that, that came around, man, that would be such a great option for them here on property to run things electric. So I think it's a great idea. And actually, I'm laughing to myself as you're saying that because I'm like, well, if Tesla did sponsor it, it would really take a lot of the fun out of the attraction because it would be a self-driving car and you would just sit there anyway. Not, There's no gas, but it wouldn't really do anything. The car would just sort of drive itself while you watch Netflix. But wouldn't that be like so, every, every 200? Yeah, yeah, sure. It'd be like for every every 200 cars or, or every 200, they would crash into each other? <laughs> okay, trivia question for you. Oh, no. What is the top speed of a car on the Tomorrowland Speedway? Uh, six miles an hour. Close, wow. Look at you. Seven. 
Hey. How many lanes are there? Four? You're only you're practically two for two. If you get this one, you get a balloon. What is the minimum height requirement to drive by yourself? I know this very well. Only if you go over there and take the balloon from the first people that are over there, because I really like that balloon. You literally just wanted me to take a balloon from a child. No, the rumors are true. It's like mom is holding on to it. That would be more fun to watch. Um, what was the question again? It's 54 inches. It's 54. Okay. So 54 it. inches. Go get my balloon. I need, wow. <laughs> Becky Mackin, Mouse Van Travel. Um, 54 inches, really? 54 inches. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's why I, I, I waited so long. I thought it was much shorter than... You can be shorter if you're not driving. But if you're driving by yourself, you have to be 54 inches. Yeah. Look, my newspapers and my shoes are there for a reason. Don't judge. <laughs> uh, dear Lou and Becky... It says Becky and Lou, but I'm not going to read and it that way. And there's no question mark? There's a question mark. <laughs> Love the show and have listened to all the episodes... Multiple times? That's scary. Wow. That's a lot of loo. You're going to, wow. I cross my fingers every week that the new episode will be listener email because let's be honest. What? Did you write this? Lou is good, but Becky's awesome. What? <laughs> I want to know who this person is because I'm going to take them to dinner. That's it said signed by not Becky Mankin. So oh. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, my family and I have been DVC members since 2006. We've upgraded our points so we can enjoy the magic more. We recently went on a trip the week before Thanksgiving, and now we're headed back for another 10-night stay at the end of February. Unlike you, I'm a very fussy eater. Hey, wait a minute. And I, and I say that with love, my brother. You the man. And I'm, look, I'm reading it as it's written, and I'm looking for new dining options. Oh, this is my question. Throughout the world for my refined palate. We've been to such places as Ohana, Morimoto Asia, Boathouse, of course, Be Our Guest, and so on. Any and all recommendations would be much appreciated. Anyway, uh, does Becky have any suggestions for a family who simply loved Magical Express from MCO? Thanks for all you do to make our love from Disney so much fun. Regards, Becky Mankin's number. No, it says Darren Boynton from Maine. All right, I so like two, two questions. I'll let you answer this one first. Families that loved Magical Express from MCO, what is your recommended option? And then we'll talk about some options for... The fussy food. eater, the fussy eater in the family. The rest of the I'm going to do it right. fast. Fussy eater, I'm going to answer your fussy eater question. Awesome. So there is a new service run by Mears, which Mears was the ones running Magical Express, and it's called Mears Connect. So it's about the same price, a little bit more, not too bad, but it's the same type of shuttle concept where you arrive at the, uh, you make a reservation beforehand, you pay for it beforehand, you arrive at the airport, and you take the next available bus. So that has always been available. There's also a new one that I haven't tried yet, but I've heard about it. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, Flight, something Flyer. Starfly. Right. The, the, uh, the, it's like the Orlando fly. It, it's like, is that the one that looks like a train? Yes. Like it's painted to look like a train. Exactly. So they're doing relatively the same thing. So there are two brand new services to replace Magical Express. But of course, now it does cost money. It's not free. Uh, but they are very reputable and will get you where you need to go. You can also opt depending on how many people you have, for a private transfer as well. There's all kinds of private transfer companies that we use and that we love, which is great about them. They pick you up right at the in baggage claim. They help you with your bags. They take you right to your hotel. So there's a lot of options still for those, even though Magical Express is no longer. And I've heard really good things about Mirrors Connect. Yeah. Like it's a very Magical Express-like experience, uh, especially coming from the airport to here. I always do like the, the ease and convenience of, you know, having your own service without having to worry about making multiple stops. But there are options. Um, there are definitely a lot of options. And I think probably 
more coming as well. In terms of the, of the fussy eater, and I know I have friends, especially with kids, uh, and some parents who are very fussy eaters. I have no without, idea what you're talking about. <laughs> watch when Harry met Sally, the scene in the sandwich shop, it's Becky. I want a sandwich with the bread on the side. I want the bread toasted, but not too dark. About a five on the bread scale. But whatever. It takes 45 minutes for her to order. confirm nor deny if you're correct. Yeah. Go out and order a cocktail with Becky and give yourself a good 17 minutes before you're able to get a word in. Anyway, okay. So I think for, for a fussy eater, one, and let's sort of assume overall COVID normalcy, I think buffets are always your best option, right? And, this, and especially because they also have some kid-friendly options there as well, which a lot of times fussy eaters can have, you know, the chicken nuggets, mac and cheese. At table service restaurants, most if not all restaurants, if there's something on the menu that interests you, but you're a picky eater, most if not all will adjust. So you can say, hey, I like dining with Becky. I want the swordfish, but I don't want any fish. I'd like it really to be a swordfish, sword? but it's- I just want the sword. I, I just want, want the, the sword. sword on the plate. Um, but there are some restaurants, I think, too, that have, and I mean this in, in the best possible sense, just solid, good, simple comfort foods. I'm thinking of places like Liberty Tree Tavern, Garden Grill. Liberty Tree Tavern is like turkey, mashed potatoes, vegetables, mac and cheese. They're served family style, so you can sort of take what you want. You can sauce it as you might like. Um, I think for counter service, Places like places where you have multiple options, like Sunshine Seasons Food Fair in the land is a great option. Pizza is always a, a good staple. I think Vianopoli has mm. the best pizza on mm. property. Um, Primetime Cafe has, I just know about this, Primetime Cafe, it's got mom's home cooking. It's got pot roast. It's got fried chicken. Ooh, fried chicken. Go to Homecoming. Homecoming. Oh. Chicken. They've got great chicken. They also Our have- Chef. Arts place. That's known as home. It's homecoming. Thank yeah. you. Yes. I'm, I was just thinking about chicken. You just said chicken. All of a sudden, I'm thinking chicken, and I'm thinking the mimosas. And then I start going See? down that, rail, that road of the mashed potatoes and the mac and cheese are so good. Right. Yes. And the other thing, too, I think if you have a very picky eater, um, sometimes it's, it's best to sort of let the picky eater eat first, meaning let the picky eater eat from where and what and when he or she would like and then maybe come join you at you know come you, you go with them to eat their food and then so you don't have to necessarily change you know you don't if you want to go to Haleo and you have a very picky eater well maybe let them go get something simple and then come and join you for you know a side dish without a doubt um, you know in this wonderful technological age we have every menu every single menu including counter service is online Look ahead of time so you can plan, so you're not trying to sort of figure out where in Animal Kingdom can we get something that Becky's going to like. Right. And when I think picky eaters, I think usually meat and potatoes places are going to be good for the picky eater because the comfort foods typically are the things that picky eaters like. Um, another one that you didn't think about, well, you said buffets, but Trails End. I really love that for just that comfort food, that home warm feeling. And there's something for everybody on that buffet when it is, is it back? I'm not even sure if it's open. And notice I didn't say Boathouse, although the entire time I was thinking Boathouse because they have <laughs> everything and it's my favorite place and it's right over there. Um, 
Okay, next question comes from Marguerite from Vermont. and says, hey, Lou and Becky, with an exclamation point. So I'm going to read it excitedly. Hey, Lou and Becky, I'm so excited to email you. I absolutely love your show, Lou. I've been a listener for years. Let's get down to business. Read Mulan's song here. She says, my mother and I are huge Disney fans. Don't sing it. Stop it. I don't know what that was, but don't do it again. Listen, Marguerite and her mom are huge Disney fans, but they haven't been to Walt Disney World in not one, not two, but 15 years. Wow. They're coming for seven nights, and they are so happy. We need advice as, oh, we need advice as to where to eat, and I knew you were the ones to ask. All right, we are going to do this quick lightning round style. Can you recommend, and I'll go first so you can start thinking, can you recommend a restaurant for dinner in each of the four parks? If the dining plan is back, which currently is not, we'll also have four or more table service restaurant recommendations would be fantastic. Thanks so much, Marguerite from Vermont and her mom. Um, All right, Marguerite and mom, quickly around the horn, I'll give you four table service restaurants per park. Uh, Magic Kingdom, Skipper Canteen is outstanding. I think it's even gotten better. Epcot, my favorite restaurant in any of the Disney parks is Takumi Te in Japan. If that's not open, wow, where's the best restaurant in Epcot if it's not Takumi Te? I think Vianopoli is really good. Teppanetto. Um, I think any anywhere, basically anywhere in Japan Pretty much. is always going to be my opinion. Um, Hollywood Studios, Brown Derby, mm-hmm. which I haven't been to in a long, long time. And the Brown Derby Lounge outside is lovely. Yes. Um, Great for people watching. Yeah. Really like that location. And in Disney's Animal Kingdom, you get a twofer. Table service is no question. It's Tiffin's. And counter service, Satuli Canteen is top or top two counter service locations anywhere in Walt Disney World. Fight me. I'm not going to fight you on that because I completely agree. Um and you just, you do eat way too much because you can just like throw those things off the top of your head. And I have to sit there and kind of methodically go through each part. I am a dedicated Identif- researcher, Becky. It comes from my <laughs> years of training as an attorney. You know, um, I really like well, Satuli Cantina, Canteen, right? Mm-hmm. I love that location. I think that that's one of the best um, casual dining locations on property as a whole. I think it's the number one place I'd like to go to. If you said, hey, let's go to lunch or dinner right now, that's probably where I would ask to go. Because I love that place. Except that it's so far away. <laughs> True. But they do have the, the boba balls in the margaritas, which are amazing. And but like, I love being able to sort of create your own yeah. dish. You pick your base, you pick your protein, you pick your sauce. I, I love it. I could eat there like every day for a while. I mean, it's that good. If only there was somebody, anybody Seriously. who would go there. With I am me. sitting right here. I'm right here. You, you know what happens when you do that on the show, right? On yes, Wednesday, and I'm not actually sitting in front of you. I get that, and I'm like screaming. Okay, I'm that's Animal Kingdom. Animal tomorrow. Kingdom is a Thule. Give yes. me Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios. I, I have to go Brown Derby, but I also like. Um, uh, ugh, the, the place over at Galaxy's Edge. Help me. No, no. <laughs> it's more fun this way. I know you want to say Docking Bay 7. Thank you. <laughs> Docking Bay 7. Exactly. Because I love the dishes out there, too. I think that they are inspired, and I the price point is good, and I really do like the food there. So that's probably a second. However, I do like Hollywood Brown, Derny, Der, Hollywood Brown Derby. I can't talk because I love the Cobb salad. You can't turn away from the Cobb salad. So that's Epcot Center. Teppanetto. 
Uh, if, if you were to say, what, where would you want to go in Epcot tonight? Which I'm waiting for you to say that so we can go to dinner because, you know, we're still hungry. Even though you've been going back and forth between the two food trucks. Boathouse like is screaming, hour. going, I'm right here. <laughs> but they do have the Duck Duck Raz. So do. You, you do know that I do. And Magic Kingdom. Magic, well, I know where I'd go in Magic Kingdom, but um, <laughs> those I always go to the the counter services there if I can't go to the place I want to go. <laughs> you, you like you, you're not saying Club Thirty Three like nobody knows what you're talking about. They got great food there; it's amazing. So yes, that's that's where I would go. However, <laughs> and I would wave to you from my parapet. Not what I meant. Um, you know, I'm going to get video of Becky literally like walking the parapet as she sort of glances over at the fiefdom below. God, magic in. Just give me, this is lightning round. You, you're bad at lightning round. No, I am. Okay, so what did you say? There's not a lot of places to eat in Magic Kingdom. I, know, I said Skipper Canteen. And I've never been there. Shut your I know face. you have not taken me there. Another place you haven't taken me. So next time you say, where do you want to go? I'm going to say Magic Kingdom. And then they go, no, but the club is right here. We can just move, move, move. Whatever. That, Marguerite, that was probably not helpful for you at all. So hopefully it was. Okay, moving on, because this is lightning round. All right. All right. Keen Lippert is just slow in the says, Lou, I was just listening to your Art in Walt Disney World podcast number two, and you said you were watching fireworks from a resort. Quick question. How do you get to the resorts? We wanted to go to Beaches and Cream, and we're told parking is for resort guests only. Lou Mangiello, how? How do you get to a resort? Thank you. You drive up, you say, hi, I'm Lou Mangiello. No, and, and, and I actually have this question multiple times. Johnny yeah. Pascarello asked it to it's me, a, said, same thing. I, I heard you have to have a dining reservation to visit a resort to reduce resort hopping. Um, what if you want to visit a lounge or a quick service? How can you visit... My my very succinct lawyerly answer is, it really depends. It depends, and it's ever changing. Technically, by the quote unquote letter of the law, you do need to have a dining reservation, or be a guest of, or visiting a guest in order to park at a resort. That's sort of written in Jello because depending on who you get, when you go, if you say hey. I'm going to eat at Beaches and Cream. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to go do walk up at this counter service. More often than not, you'll get turned away. You will get turned away. Now, there's multiple ways to sort of skin that cat because you can very easily park in Epcot, walk through Epcot, come out, and then walk right over to Boardwalk. You can take the Skyliner from Hollywood Studios or another resort. There are multiple ways to get to resorts that don't necessitate you driving there. And I think if you really want to go and visit a resort, that would be the way that I would do it. <clears throat> Another way too, and especially if you're staying on property, you can grab an Uber from wherever you are to a resort and they will allow you to be dropped off and it could cost you, you know, five bucks to go from one hotel to the other. I would plan on not necessarily being able to park without a dining reservation, but know that there are other opportunities available. And taking a bus from one of the parks as well. Uh, I see a lot of people do that. They'll go visit the parks in the morning and afternoon and then hop a bus and go to one of the resorts um, from there to partake in the walk-up restaurants to the casual dining. I'm quickly scanning through the emails. It's amazing how many questions I have that are food Related. Shocker. It's, it's, Seriously, you're yeah, really surprised. It's, it's a little bit of a shocker how many questions are food related. Do you, you obviously know 
who you're... Okay, here's a short one, so I'll answer really quickly. <clears throat> Excuse me, this comes from Aaron Schisler. Five bucks says, Becky says, you never take me there. I'm just wondering if you can get the Oga's Cantina drinks anywhere outside the cantina. They are not. They are exclusively available, not just on Batu, but they're exclusively available in the cantina, which... I, I actually love, like I love the fact that you have to go to certain places in order to get certain items because it makes the visit to those places special and gives you a reason to go. Agreed. It's sort of the reason why I don't want to have everything in Disneyland and Walt Disney World so you have a reason to go. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. However, I'd like to get in there a little bit more often and yes, you do not take me. The, the Fuzzy Tauntaun is, is my jam, just so that you know when we get there and you order for me. You just like it because it makes your like face all like it tense. It like makes it makes it numb. It makes your lips and your tongue numb, and it's really odd. But it's it's a good drink. I think you just like saying fuzzy tauntaun. Fuzzy tauntaun. So, hey, uh, Lou, and of course, Becky. I heard a story about Liberty Square, and I'm not trusting the Wild West that is the internet. Smart choice. I wanted to fact check it with you. I heard that Liberty. Yeah, everything on the internet is 100 percent true. I heard that Liberty Square moves forward in time from the Haunted Mansion to the side by Frontierland and that the numbers over the doors reflect the year if you place an 18 in front of them. Additionally, it was reported that the hinges on the window shutters are different on each building according to the time period it represents. It wouldn't surprise me for Disney to, to go this deep with its storytelling, but it also could just be internet folklore like the frozen head of Walt Disney World. <laughs> also not true. So what's the real scoop? Help me, Luby Wan Kenobi. You are my only hope. Hugs. Allie. Allie, you are correct and not correct. Well, you're correct. The Walt's head is not frozen anywhere. You are also correct about the progression of time. There is actually an overarching, and I won't go too deep into this because, and this is not meant to be a sales pluggy, but my audio tours to Walt Disney World will take you through the story that really sort of begins not in Liberty Square, but in Fantasyland takes you through, don't look at me like that, Becky, you've never heard this before? It takes you through, it, it takes you from the old world to the new world, from fan, the old world and in medieval fantasy land to the new world as you land in the northeastern seaboard, seaside town by Columbia Harbor House, and then make your way forward through time through Liberty Square, just as when you pass through Frontierland, there are a number of sort of not-so-hidden markers that help you not only not only determine the progression of time, but the growth of the United States from east to west. Becky, you look so fascinated. If you actually listened to the audio tours, this would all have been, you would have known this already. I don't. Just, never mind. Just, I just, I'm exasperated. sits on, on the coaster. I have not seen this in a while. Wow. Mouse fan travel. And you are right. Uh, if you look at the shutters, you will notice that one of the, one of the things I love, specifically about Liberty Square, which I think is sort of the overlooked land in Magic Kingdom, is the attention to detail. I've learned so much about real American history by researching the Liberty Square audio tour. And you're right. The the design, the material that's used to fasten the hinges on the shutters, including the ones that are sort of hanging off to the side. Why are they hanging off? To the, why are they hanging like that? I have Because no you know that in colonial times, as... The colonists were preparing for the American Revolution. They needed to, there was a, a shortage of, of metal. They literally had to take the metal hinges, melt them down into musket balls, and use leather straps and belts to hang the shutter. Over time, they started to sort of 
stretch and hang, which is why the shutters hang that way. Again, this is, you can find them on Spotify, you can find them on Apple Music, you can also find them at www.radio.com. The audio tours, they're a treasure trove of information in Walt Disney World history. Thank you so much, Becky, for that ringing endorsement. And they're just, they're just 10 And what's kind of awesome is, that, you know, when you're, when you feel guilty about taking your kids out of school, you march them right down Liberty Square and you can teach them all. Notice that Becky says you march your kids down. I just... You know, I'm I'm them. so happy teach that I am the one who history. registered the domain domain name Becky. Somebody, please design a Becky's babysitting service T-shirt. I will put it up on T Public. Oh Dear Lou gosh, so and Becky. Period. No exclamation point. No question. You're gonna like this one. Okay. Because there are three words that stuck out to me that's making me read it. Fuzzy taunt. I no. That's two. Tauntaun is one word. Wow. I want to visit all the Disney parks worldwide. And I want to know if the language barrier is an issue or if it affects the attraction experience while riding. I'm laughing because I'm (laughs) hearing the story in my head. Also, if you and your Becky had to choose what would be your most favorite attractions, most favorite attraction among all the parks worldwide, or if you prefer your favorite ride at each park across the world. Thank you. I love the show. Been a listener since 2015. Can't wait for the meets of the month. Thank you for all the history, details, secrets, and stories you share. And I love to share them with others while I'm at the park. And that's Anthony Mastrangelo. Anthony, man, I dig this question because I have strong feelings about the Disney parks worldwide. First things first. This could be an entire show. It could be. And it has been. Uh, Go back and listen to our shows where we reviewed Hong Kong Disneyland as well as, oh, Tokyo. Shanghai, Shanghai, right? So the the quick answer is, um, this may come as a shock to you. I do not speak Mandarin. Cantonese or Japanese? No. I would love. I would love to speak oh. Japanese. Noodles, I speak. ramen. Noodles is not. <laughs> oh my god! All your emails go to Becky at mei-travel.com. So I don't. <laughs> wow, here's like a bad dadger. I know some Japanese words, karate, whatever. The language barrier is not, especially in places. Uh, really, we didn't really find it anywhere because, especially in places like Japan, many cast members speak English or will do their best to understand you we sort of you develop the sort of international sign language of, of just pointing i want to eat this this is the thing i want to eat um different different like i think i think hong kong there were probably more people that spoke english um than maybe we found in shanghai but most of the signs and menus have english as well so you're able to m- make it through without having to any uh, any sort of knowledge of, of the language itself. Yeah. At it, it, it first, I thought before we left that we would have, it would be more difficult in China than it would be in Japan. And I found it reverse. Because remember when we checked into the hotel for the very first time, nobody at the hotel spoke English. But the great news is when you do book a hotel, you can get somebody that picks you up from the airport and takes you to the hotel and they will speak both languages and help you check in, which is what we needed at the time. But you're right. Uh, the signage is pretty much in English and other languages. And the, one of the questions he asked, too, was if we found it difficult with all the different languages. And it, I, I found it really entertaining, actually. Actually, and very informative and educational to listen to the different languages. And there were some rides that we went on and there was no English to be found, but it didn't really um, spoil the experience. I thought that it really was kind of cool because it told the story itself visually. So I'm thinking of Sinbad yep. in Disney Sea, which may be one of, and we'll get to the second part of it, 
it may be one of the most Disney beautiful. I think it's. This is a separate conversation, and I'm going to throw this out. The song may be my favorite Disney park song. Period. Wow. Anywhere. That's a big statement. It was very cool. If you listen, and you can find it on the the aforementioned interwebs, if you find Alan Menken singing "Compass of Your Heart" in English, really to D23 in Japan. If you don't cry, don't call me again. <laughs> it is. Gorgeous! It is gorgeous. I love, love, love that song. That being said, when you ask me the overall best attraction in any park, anywhere around the world, you can make an argument for Shanghai Pirates, but Mystic Manor, Mystic Manor, Mystic Manor. And those would be the two that I would select. But I got to go with Pirates.、Um, Mystic Manor is close second, very close second. But I, well, Mystic Manor had me in awe because the trackless system was the first time I've ever ridden a trackless system before. And the story was very cool. Pirates had me in awe. My chin was on the ground, and I couldn't believe the visuals around me. And yeah, I, I think I'd have to from a tech, an overall technological wow moment perspective.、Yeah. Shanghai Pirates wins, but I think the the attraction that ticks every single box is Mystic Manor, from story, SEA.、Yeah. Original IP with the characters, the music, the visuals, the effect. There is a wow factor. There's a fun factor. It it is. It's the perfect attraction. It is pretty good.、Uh, it is pretty good. And yeah, I'm. I I can see and that the song and the song. And again, you don't need to know the language to understand exactly what's going on in Mystic Manor. This is true. But then again, right? My number three though. I can't believe I'm going to say this, and you will totally believe that I would say this. It's still the Marvel walkthrough in Hong Kong. It really is, and I, I don't know if it's still there or not. But that really is one of the ones that stood out to me. And by the way, we did it in English one time, and in Mandarin another time. Which、uh, the, the Avengers battling in Mandarin is a whole other you know situation. But that was probably my my third. And if you're talking Paris, which you haven't been yet. Believe it or not, if only somebody would take me to Disneyland Paris, I'll <laughs> take. I will take you to Satouli Canteen when you take me to Paris.、Oh. I think it's completely fair. We were we were almost there. We were we were, were so close, but we'll we'll put that back on the. We can add that to the list. We've we've had a list today, so we'll we add that very, back to the list. Very long. Yeah, we do. It's about twenty twenty seven. Here we come.、Um, I I love Haunted Mansion out there. And it's because it is not what you expect whatsoever. Because it's a Western-themed haunted mansion, and it takes you a little off guard. And、uh, from the haunted mansion that you know and love, it's a whole different type of story. It really is a unique experience. And I think that's part of the reason. Going back to something we talked about before, it's why I love the fact that all of the parks worldwide. Are unique, and there are attractions that are unique to each. I love Mystic Manor. I love Shanghai Pirates. I love Shocker. I love Web Singers. Do I want them all to come to Walt Disney World? No, because I want to have a reason to go. And I love like following the Disney Parks blog and seeing like updates to some of the attractions. And look, I think that Mystic Point in Hong Kong Disneyland may be the one of the overall best. Cohesive, the, the narrative, the the cohesive storytelling 
that winds its way through that entire land in every single element from the shops to the restaurants to the decor outside is is absolutely remarkable. Uh, and if you go back and listen to my interview with uh, Joe Lancicero, we talked a lot about uh, Hong Kong. I have to get him back on. I have a lot more questions about <laughs> Mystic Manor. Um, but I do think that Mystic Point and Mystic... And I just love... Even the building. Like, yeah. just the, the exterior detail um, and and the architecture of that building is unlike anything anywhere. Because pirates... Yeah. I'll sort of... I'm going to... I'm going to back up my argument. Pirates inside, the attraction is great. Outside, it's it's relatively a black box, which, you know, I mean, it's, it's themed a little bit, but I think I think the overall... Yeah, and you know the other one that comes to mind that I always remember, no matter what? My, the poo ride. <laughs> remember when everybody said, you've got to go on poo, and we're like, what? Yeah. Of all the things you've got to do, you've got to go on the poo ride. And we didn't understand why that was necessary, but when you get on the poo ride, you've got to go on the poo ride. And you can't really explain it to people. It is just so different and unique and surprising. Well, it's the ride system, too. The ride system there. You know, we've seen the trackless ride system in, in Runaway Railway and some other attractions, but the ride system for the, the Pooh Honey Hunt. And listen, Pooh and I share a lot in common. We, we, we're we short, fat, and proud of that. We have a lot of the same things going on, but it's one you of the reasons. You did have a hug. You, you did grab a Pooh Bear and, like, tugged him uncomfortably for at least I 20 did. minutes. Yeah. We laughed and we giggled and we yeah. smiled, and it's reason why we need to go back. I'm giving you a look. We yep. need to go back to Tokyo yep. as we've been we've been scheming and planning for the next couple of years in terms of events and uh, Japan is going to have to be back on that list uh, at some point in the future. But I think this is a great point to end because I want to ask you, our friend who's been sitting with us, what do you think? And you can define this however you like. What is to answer the question? The overall best attraction worldwide. And I know maybe you haven't been to every park, so you can sort of speak to the attractions you've been to. But I want you to also make your argument, defend your position as to what you think the best attraction is, why. So I'll post this question in the clubhouse. That's the discussion. That's our group over on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. But more importantly, I'd love for you to call the voicemail. I will play it on the air. Tell me your favorite attraction worldwide and why. It's 407 407- 900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. We'll also talk about it on our next WW Radio live show this coming Wednesday at 7.30. We'll, we'll talk about uh, our favorite attractions worldwide. And did you know, Becky Mankin, did you know that not only can we talk about these attractions worldwide, but you can go and visit them by contacting your MEI and Mouse Fan Travel agent for all because you are the magic as we, we come full we circle. bring the magic we always bring the <laughs> no no magic. i'm gonna I forever am. say what? you are the magic because there's a little bit of <laughs> there's a backstory a little bit that. of zing in there too but well yeah it's, a, it's an affection well well thank but you you are, you are the ma- you are the magic and it's true like especially traveling overseas yeah. and i'm right not now. saying this because you're here i would never do it without the assistance the assurance and insurance of having a travel agent yeah, absolutely. Especially right now because protocols are changing, test requirements are changing, risks about travel, especially overseas right now, are changing, and they are changing on a daily basis. So we do have access to tools that we can plug in where you're going, and it will tell us exactly what to expect for any of your destinations. So anytime 
there's no time like right now to have an advocate for you and to have somebody um, holding your back. What are you doing? Look at that look on your face when you're traveling right now. So yes, my team is available to help you for any travel anywhere, not just Disney destinations. All cruise lines, all destinations. And yeah, the world is open. You just have to, to make good choices and you need to be prepared with your plans A, B, C, and D when you travel right now. All right, Becky, leaving your oh-so-super-secret special club out of the equation, if you could eat at any one location around the world in any Disney park, where do you go? Oh, my gosh. Anywhere around the world? <gasps> I said oh not God. Club 33. <laughs> Well, I was thinking of Shanghai Club 33, but that's okay. Um, that was, come on, that was a good, it was you're, not you're just... Becky, you're missing the point of the question. <laughs> it was, the, listen, the outro music is playing right now. And you're... <laughs> well, um, any, you know what? I, I would take that makeup dinner at, at the place that you love in, in Japan. Japan here, Nepcot. <laughs> the makeup dinner? Yes, the one that you missed. Where oh, say, my God. <laughs> Becky, let it go. Let it go. I think I was like sick or like rescuing a kitten or something like that when I, the night that I couldn't go. As soon as it opens up, we're going back there. Actually, the Explorer's restaurant in Hong Kong, it just changed. Did you see that on Disney Parks blog? It just recently changed. Like, it's sort of like a semi-buffet style. But I would actually go, remember how good the menu was there? And it was sort of this hybrid counter service and the, the different themed rooms had almost a little bit of like an adventures clubby that type really vibe cool. You're right. yeah <gasps> what about the place in tokyo the volcano the volcano oh oh. we ate there 17 times <laughs> no that was so good that's where volcania volcania i would go back there right now and becky's saying that and it's a counter service restaurant. exactly all the but all the choices remember you walk through and you choose all the stuff right. it was sort of like it was and i can't believe when i say these words with becky Mac, but it was almost sort of like cafeteria style because you it was like being a Imagine like the coolest lunchroom in the world because you went and you told them what you want and they sort of plated it for you and then and then gave it yeah. to you and then Perfect. you brought it back to and then you if you sit outside in the miraculously <laughs> themed restaurant and you've got the um, the mountain erupting and the twenty thousand league subs and the journey to the center of the earth train going by it was so much fun and the food was so good and the the company was fantastic obviously but the it was really to sit there and all of a sudden you feel your table shake and all of a sudden that volcano. was that was me that had nothing to do with the law sorry <laughs> I food. more food i need more food the um the volcano would go off and it, it just is it's the perfect combination of sights and smells and tastes it was great to quote jack from the all-time best show ever on television I'll never let Lost. go, Jack. I'll never let go. No, not that, Jack. <laughs> Jack, get out. Jack, there's enough room on the door. You could both fit, martyr. From Jack from Lost, we have to go back. We have to go back. Becky's never seen Lost. Lost. Fuzzy Look, across the water, the boathouse is right there. Fuzzy Tauntaun. Stop with the Fuzzy Tauntaun. You're making it weird. when you have a problem. <laughs> it's time for our Disney trivia question of the week where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details of what you see, hear, remember, or even taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package 
And this week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by you. And I'm not kidding when I say that, because as part of the WW Radio Nation, you help bring every episode of WW Radio to life, every live broadcast, all the contests and giveaways. There are thanks to, by, for, and because of you. And you can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar a month and get cool exclusive rewards every month, like scavenger hunts, trivia quests. We do group video calls. We have a private Facebook group, shirts, stickers, monthly care packages, magic band covers, early access and discounts, and much more. You can learn more and become part of the nation by visiting www.radio.com support. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week in our end of the year recap, we were talking about Disney and Marvel and Star Wars on the big and small screen. And I figured as long as we were talking about Marvel, I asked you to tell me what Marvel character made his or her live debut in Walt Disney World as a walk around character back in 2016. I want to first thank all of you who got this one correct and knew that the answer was Doctor Strange in Walt Disney World. Yeah. Believe it or not, back in fall of 2016, for a limited time, Doctor Strange had a new meet and greet in Disney's Hollywood Studios. His standalone film had just been released in theaters a few weeks earlier, back on October 13th, and his meet and greet took place at a strange, well, yeah, yeah, it's a strange, pun intended, I guess, unmarked location near Pixar Place where the construction walls were up for Toy Story Land. And not only did he have this unmarked location, but the four or five showtimes that took place throughout the day were not even published in the Daily Times Guide, which was bizarre and kind of cool because what he needed to do was look for a Daily Bugle newspaper box. And in the box, there was a newspaper that had the headline, Strange Incidents in the City and a picture of Dr. Strange. And if you looked at the side of the newspaper box, there was a sign that said, Discover the Mystic Arts and the times that started with like 10.30 to 3 o'clock. And as you looked around, you would have seen that there was a building that had the Atlas Rare Book and Antique Store that you were on Bleecker Street and you knew that you were in the general area of where this meet and greet really experience was going to be. By the way, quick aside, if you look at the newspaper really carefully, above the headline, there was an ad for Nelson and Murdoch law firm, Daredevil, I'm looking at you. Anyway, this was more than just a photo meet and greet experience. Doctor Strange actually would sort of recruit young sorcerers and train them to unleash their alternate spiritual self through meditation and spells and all sort of little mystical hand movements. And it was cool because there was actually some sound and fog effects that enhanced the demonstration that Doctor Strange or the education that Doctor Strange was putting on. And then when he was done, he would, of course, pose for photos with guests who were there. Now, this was interesting because it really had only been the second time that Walt Disney World, up to this point, that Disney had any Marvel characters inside of the theme parks. The first characters from Marvel that did meet and greets were Star-Lord and Gamora, and that was only during the Villains Unleashed party also at Disney's Hollywood Studios back in 2014. They would later appear in Epcot on stage at the American Gardens Theater. 
And if you missed the Doctor Strange experience here, if you love Doctor Strange, you have got to see the Doctor Strange interactive experience and show that takes place over at Avengers Campus in Disney California Adventure. Even better, see it at night. It is spectacular, one of my favorite things there. Anyway, a lot of backstory about the answer that I was looking for, which was, of course, Doctor Strange. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week we were playing for a WWE Radio pin and keychain, as well as not just a bonus surprise prize, but I'm also going to throw in a bonus Marvel mystery prize as well. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Valerie Sampson. So, Valerie, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So as long as we're here, let's stay over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And if you head on over to Toy Story Land, you know, of course, that you are shrunk down to the size of a toy and are literally playing in Andy's backyard. Tell me, what's the name of Andy's dog? You can find this, I promise you, you can find this in Toy Story Land. What is the name of Andy from Toy Story's dog? You have until Sunday, January 23rd at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. Again, you're going to play for the pin, the keychain, and a bonus mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please don't forget to be part of the community and conversation. Talk about not just this week's show, but anything in the Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars universe by joining the WW Radio Clubhouse over on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. You can also connect with me elsewhere on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can email me, Lou, at www.radio.com. If you have a question, you want me to answer on an upcoming show or call the voicemail be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Quick, huge thanks to some of the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family. I want you to know how grateful I am to you and for you and for the friendship and the support and the love and the help that you give to me in the show. And I love being able to give back and thank you each and every month. I want to thank some new and longtime members, including Melanie Jones, Derek Haverin, Devon Coster, Amanda Bonner, and Kristen C. And to learn how you can become a member of the WW Radio Nation for as little as a dollar a month, you can visit www.radionation.com. Please join me this and every Wednesday night for WW Radio Live over on Facebook at www.radionation.com. I am often live from the parks. We had a lot of fun last week over in Disney Springs. Sometimes I'm from the home studio where we talk about my top five live, Disney Plus pick of the week, your questions. Never know where I might be. That's every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Also be sure and join our spoiler support group at www.com slash spoilers where you can talk about anything spoiler related from the Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars universe. Obviously, we're talking a lot right now about the Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus. And of course, as much as I love connecting with you online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug or a virtual socially distanced high five. Please find out about upcoming WWE events, including Meets of the Month, cheering for Princess Marathon Weekend, our cruises, including we've got our Marvel Day at Sea coming up in just a couple of weeks. We still have some availability for our inaugural cruise on the Disney Wish in June. 
our very merry time holiday cruise on the Disney Wish in December, and our Disney Fantasy eight-night overnight in Bermuda and Bahamian cruise in April 2023. More events being announced soon. Again, go to www.com events for more information and updates. And if you like the show, and I hope that you do, all I ask that you please help spread the word, tell a friend, share a link to this or your favorite episode over on social. And if you can, just take a couple seconds. You can now rate the show over on Spotify at if you go to www.com slash Spotify. And please leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. It takes just a second. It's incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers like VLG1031 who says, it's great. Listen to Lou if you're missing Disney and you need to feel like you're there. I love the podcast. Some criticism that Lou gets is that he's too positive on Disney. There's plenty of negativity out there. Lou provides great information on Disney as well as makes the fans, your friends, not fans, feel the magic at home. Thank you, VLG1031. And if you have already left a review, thank you as well. And speaking of thanks, thank you again. I know how valuable your time is. I want you to know how important your friendship is to me and how much I appreciate you. I hope you learned something this week. More importantly, I hope the show put a smile on your face, made your day a little bit happier. If so, again, please help spread the word. Always choose the good, find the good in everything and everyone that you encounter and spread that positivity. And I promise you that positivity will spread. I love you. I appreciate you. And I hope that this truly is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou and WDW Radio family. Um, it's Elizabeth from Massachusetts. Just finished listening to the second um, recap episode for 2021. And wow, a lot happened this year, huh? Um, I thought it, you guys did a really nice job kind of recapping everything. I love that... Um, you took the time to sort of be thorough, too, and it was a two-part episode. Um, I cannot agree more that I think the best part of the whole year was just going back, like, for me, too, or me as well. Um, I didn't get to go back to the parks until May of 2021, um, and I got to go back in the fall as well, which was exciting. Um, but just being back in the parks in any capacity after they were closed for so long with that little bit of normalcy and hope that we all needed. So um, I'm excited for what 2022 has to bring. It feels like in the past months since I've been there now in September, there's been a lot of changes with Genie Plus and Lightning Lane. So I'm excited to kind of experience it new when I'm there um, in just a few short months myself again. Um, but, yeah, I think hope is a great word to use. I'm really hopeful. I'm trying to be optimistic about um, what this year will bring us and um, what can come of it and what we can all do um, with Disney and the um, ideals and, you know, what it means for us and the <clears throat> what it stands for as a company and, you know, bringing that into our own lives. And um, I think we all understand that, the people who, like, quote, unquote, get it. So, um, yeah. I hope everyone had a very happy New Year, staying safe. Um, big shout out to anyone headed down to the world for the UCA College Nationals for cheerleading. Um, I am very depressingly not going with my mother and my sister who is competing, um, but I'm wishing her all the luck. Um, I think for any kid in any age, in any sport right now, it's just important to be doing something that feels 
normal, and that is an outlet, and that's keeping you busy and sane. So wishing you guys all the best of luck if you're headed out there for it. Um, hope everyone, like I said, at a new year is starting off January feeling a little bit refreshed, um, a little bit more magical, um, a little bit more positive and happy and optimistic. And I'm just looking forward to a good Disney year. So I will talk to you all really soon. Have a great day. Make it awesome. And I'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. Rate. If you want the shots, I'll take the staff job. Double the money.